Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Joining me on the line now for this week's My Worst Gig, Gig, he is one of the best Irish comedians working at the moment. If you have not had the opportunity to see him, go see him. He's a phenomenal comedy writer. He's somebody who's always just annoyingly better than absolutely everyone uh, Everyone else working at the moment. He has just announced his first Vicar Street gig. It'll be on uh, next March. Chris Kent, sir, joins me on the line. Thanks for coming on. How are you, sir? Oh, hello, Cormac. How are you? Good, good. I mean, uh, how are things? Busy couple of days. Congrats on, uh, congrats on the new baby. Thank you very much, yes, yes. It's as if we've never not had a baby already, so that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's f- five years of shows now sorted. Yes, yes, hopefully, hopefully, you know, and then I'll have another baby in five years. Just to, to mix continue. it up. Yeah, add a bit of Absolutely. drama. Old and young will be a good conflict there, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Chris, as I said, you're one of the, I, I think, and a, lot, a lot of comedians in Dublin and Ireland would agree, one of the strongest comics that's going at the moment in your material is always just annoyingly good and up, uh. <laughs> up a level. And you can see the amount of work and effort and energy that's gone into every single line that you write and, and produce. But uh, when was your first gig? How long are you doing comedy now? I, I think, uh, I've I sort of stopped thinking of this, really, because it was depressing me for a while. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I think, I think, I, I, I don't even, I even forget what age I am. That's, I'm really bad at, I think, I'm doing it about 13 years now, coming up on 13, 14 years, but full-time, maybe, maybe 8 or 10 or something like that, you know, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of hobbyish for a couple of years, and I did a bit of travelling and stuff like that, where there was big gaps, but, um... Yeah, I'd say about 11 years full-time, I reckon. And where was your first gig? My first gig was in Cork, uh, in a place called, it was called the Tiki Lounge. It was very much um, a small little pub above, smaller room above a pub, sorry, and it was, I was I was kind of wanting to do it for a while. Yeah. Ted Bishop was doing Joy in the Hood, so I got exposed to all this new comedy, because friends of mine were doing comedy clubs, and I never really knew it existed, and I wanted to get a little nudge, you know, I wanted someone to say, you're funny you should give this a go but I ended up having to convince myself into it because no, no. uh, <laughs> the nudge never came but uh, but it's okay I'm glad I'm still glad I, I I done it so yeah that was the first gig which is a terrifying bundle of nerves and but also adrenaline and even the tiniest laughs I think are quite addictive you know um, how long was the first set how many minutes I think it was about five minutes or something like that maybe seven maybe five or seven minutes and I don't think I was very you said there that you're a fan of my writing which is lovely but I think back then I don't think it was I was just doing stuff that I thought other people would find funny enough 
So <laughs> there was probably little bits about myself and then there was stuff I'd heard people say on the building site that I thought was hilarious, you know? <laughs> so it was all that kind of stuff. Uh, so a million yeah. miles from what I'm doing now, which is, which is good, like, obviously. You know, if you started out exactly how you want it to end up, I think it would be really weird. Yeah, yeah. There'd be no, there'd be no, there'd be no joy or appreciation. Yeah, or, uh, kind yeah, of fun in the so. whole thing. Yeah, it's very cringeworthy now thinking back to those gigs, but they were still very enjoyable, you know. Yeah, and they were still really, really good crack. And uh, and I do what, what I do miss about those days is the gigs themselves might have been a bit kind of yeah, you can cringe with the material, but what what I don't cringe about is there was no gain. There was nothing to be gained except how well can I do here how much of a laugh can I get here whereas further on in your career then it gets a little bit more you get an agent and then there's money on the line and then this is your job so there's all these other pressures that weren't there before you know? yeah it's like I could have a really good gig or I could eat so hmm, what exactly, do we do exactly exactly yeah exactly that's it but yeah Jesus yeah it seems seems like a, a lifetime ago now to be honest but yeah that was it first couple of gigs in there and there was a lovely little scene in Cork at the time where you could jump up at a few comedy clubs, you know. And that was it. But saying that, now even then, like, you were probably getting up every couple of weeks, you know. Um, every two or three weeks, maybe. So it definitely wasn't a regular thing in the beginning. Yeah, I know what you mean. And you hear a lot of comics outside of Dublin complain that there's very... Like, there is, unfortunately, very little in Cork and Limerick and Galway and, and, and at the moment. Yeah. So it can be a, bit, uh, be a bit hard to get gigs. But from your first gig yeah. way back when till, till now... You know, just par for the course is the fact that there's going to be some dodgy gigs along the way. What have been, look, looking back now, what have been some of your uh, best, Hope worst gigs? Yeah, best, worst gigs. I, I love, this is, I, is my, is my favourite. I have often been able to catch myself in the middle of a death and say, oh, I can't wait to tell the lads about this one. <laughs> this is great. Because nobody wants to hear about you smashing a gig or you, for, you know, it was great, yeah. I got this many rounds of applause. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. There are comments that do that. Nobody ever wants to hear that. They want to hear about you dying. I had a particularly bad, I'd say death-wise, <laughs> death, death, it was in the Hapenny Bridge, actually, above there in the Simon's Club. Yeah. And I had it in my head that I was doing new material, and I can be quite stubborn, so I worked all day on my new material, and I was not willing to uh, go a different path, you know? Yeah. So I got in there that night, a very, very tough gig. Like, Simon was getting absolutely nothing out of them anyway. It turned out most of them were Danish, I think. Didn't have very good English. There was a small crowd there anyway. So I didn't have time to pick up another language or uh, have, uh, or have <laughs> the common sense or have the common sense to go to myself. Maybe this isn't the place for the new stuff, the place that's eerily silent and terrifying. <laughs> So I went for it in a fashion that I've never, or like nothing. Some people say I got nothing. Some people say I I, I mean, I've never felt anything like it. I was, oh, wow. They were just, somehow as well, uh, the 20 people managed to maintain eye contact with me at the very same time. Every one of them had my eyes. And I, I just remember, I just remember like just my mouth drying up and... I would have been professional at that time. I would have been going a while. And everything, what's weird when you have a death like that is everything floods back. You become an open spot again. You start stumbling on words. Uh, Your mouth starts to dry up. I could, like, hear myself sweating. That's the only sound I could hear that <laughs> evening. And I don't sweat on stage, as you know. I'm a very... Uh, yeah, cool, calm and collected. Kind of, yeah, I don't really sweat. If I'm sweating, we're in big trouble. And I was sweating an awful lot. And I, then I tried to go back into some new, older material, some of the stuff that we would say, this is tried and tested. Yeah. That didn't work either. And then I just started 
basically, uh, my inner voice was coming out on stage, basically saying, I don't know what to do anymore with you people. It's oh, really, no. I don't know what to do, um, I, you know. And I got the heckle of all heckles, which is a woman that stood up and sort of turned around to the room and asked. She stood up and looked at me and said, could somebody please help him? <laughs> and that's what, like, that is a heckle that I heard. <laughs> Are you serious? I, heard, I swear to God, yeah, it'll never leave me. I, thought, I could hear it in my testicles, you know, when I think back. That's where the feeling goes. Kind was, of was, she kind of, was she, like, angrily saying this, or was no, she kind of really no, sad and, no, like... totally so- concerned about my well-being and my health. And um, just totally, can somebody please help him? And I remember <gasps> just the concern in her voice, like, call an ambulance, do something. Um, oh, my God. And uh, I remember putting my coat on. I didn't say goodbye to anyone that evening. I I walked to the back of the room. I put my coat on. I was living in Ratmines at the time. I drove all the way back to Ratmines. I, I turned to telly, and I had I was looking at the DVDs at the time. There was a DVD, Hunger, with Michael Fassbender, I think. And I just hadn't watched it. And I just, I couldn't sleep or anything. I stuck that on. And that was obviously quite a depressing movie in itself, like, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I thought, Jesus, at least, you know, he might have some understanding of the intro, but not all of it. This is... I've had it worse in this situation. That's what the way I was thinking of myself, you know. Oh, good God. That was a death, man. That was a death. That was a death. And I think I would say I have some responsibility to take. But I've also had gigs that are just... Because comedians are fucked. They're idiots. Sorry, I almost swore there. Oh, you, They're can, idiots. you can swear if you feel like it. It's fine. And okay, let it all right. out, Chris. Let it all out. Good. <laughs> Comedians are idiots because you'll turn up to a gig and even though you know you've done thousands of gigs and some fucking idiot will be like, oh yeah, we're thinking of having the gig here. Everyone's going to be eating. We're going to hand you a wireless mic and you just get going. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you, you just go with it and you go, this, I know this won't work. I know this gig won't work in a garden centre or on a, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the opposite of a comedy club or a bowling. But you'll still... <laughs> You're still an idiot. And I mean, like, if a footballer got... If, if you came up to Man United and you said, look, lads, we're playing with a square ball today, they no, it's not going to work. Well, comedians will go, all right, so we better do it. Yeah, it's for eight quid, so I've got to do it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I did one in my early days. Early than that gig, I got a gig in... It was like a charity gig, right? And I was so naive at the time. Comedy promoter in Cork had got me 10 minutes at a comedy... Uh, it was It was like... Um, it was Nivea for men, a kind of a big Jew in Silver Springs Hotel. And he said, could you do 10 minutes comedy at the end of the night? Hmm. It'll be, you know, it wasn't even good money. But I was delighted because it was, it was sold out. And it was like three or 400 people. And I was like, Jesus, this is going to be unreal. The, the thought to that size of a crowd, you know? Yeah. So the format was, it was a chat show format when I arrived. And basically, George Hook, there was a couch on stage and he was interviewing people, right? And I was meant to do some comedy at the end. So initially he was interviewing Donald O'Cusack, Cork goalkeeper, legendary uh, player who just came out at the time, right? And it was all brilliant and all very inspiring and everyone in the room was clapping and I couldn't wait. I thought this is going to be lovely. And then he brought on Ray Houghton and I was on after Ray Houghton and, and Ray Houghton was just... He had him. He had them eating out of the palm of his hand and honestly the, the atmosphere in that room was absolutely electric. Which I thought was a good thing. Uh, yeah. He wasn't anyway. And then, just before he wrapped up the interview with George Hook, George Hook says to him, well, now, Ray, tell us about Hillsborough. Oh, 
Senator Ray goes on to give a first-person account of Hillsborough, the darkest day in football history. So the mood has changed from men cheering to men practically crying. And then they said, basically, without even taking a break, now please welcome to the stage a comedian that you've never heard of to do 10 minutes of material. And I did. I walked up and I like I could feel the tension. I've never felt anything like it, you know? And I think I made a joke and it wasn't actually a joke. I said, one of my opening lines was, it's great to be here. In such a in such a packed room, and it was for the charity, and it started to get a ripple of laughter. You know, thinking that it was some kind of joke about Hillsborough. But, uh, <laughs> no. Whoa. Yeah, I thought that was a good. I, I thought that was a good joke. That was a good gig to take. And if I if I if I got offered anything like that now, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, not a chance in hell. Like you know, it, it would have been magic if you had gone on. If they'd rapped on, you know, who put the ball in England's net yes. and no, then Chris, Chris Kent, here we go. Yeah, of course, of course. That would have been an ideal place to bring me on, but I'll never forget him saying, ah, tell us about Hillsborough. And I'm like, fuck, and the room, oh my God. It went from men cheering to men crying to men crying again for me. <laughs> like, I know you're, I not, think- you're never going to win a crowd like that after something as serious like that and no one knows who you are at the time and you're coming out going, oh, but did, did you wind up getting any... Laughs at all? No, I did. It went. Uh, the gig actually went okay. It was just the mood in the room. Right, it was yeah. such a weird gig to do after someone talked about that. So it's like coming on at the end of a funeral, like. No, no, that's exactly what it was like. It's like doing a gig in the funeral, but standing on a coffin while you're doing it on set, <laughs> and the people were unaware there was comedy at the funeral. Of course, and you're yeah. just trying to do it to them anyway. <laughs> So, um, other other deaths that I've had in corporates, where I have had, I've done a corporate in a room that was like in the shape of an L. Oh, lovely! And I had one side of the room; they were perfectly on board. The other side of the room, that the the good side of the room couldn't see, were animals, disgusting animals, that were like practically throwing shit at me and waving <laughs> their napkins in the air in surrender to my comedy. Oh no! So, now that was dying and killing a gig at the very same time wow. I've never experienced an adrenaline like I was absolutely like honestly where, where were you positioned like, where were you positioned in relation I was, I was it was in a little yacht club so I was kind of in a corner of a room and the room went in like the shape of an L well, like, could you see you could see, yeah so you could see left and right could you see I could see left and right but the left side of the room couldn't see the right side of the room oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh it was crazy it was absolutely mental god you know that's gonna I be couldn't believe one. it because I thought there was, there was guys waving their handkerchiefs in surrender and I thought that was actually quite funny but I didn't want to I didn't want to say it to them just yeah. in case I lost the other side of the room as well you know that's so I said a... I better keep one side of the room yeah talking about being a split personality in that moment in time kind of going right which, what do we do uh, yeah. here that's one thing now like comedians will say I did a set and it worked and I did another gig that night and it didn't work or I did I did two gigs in the one building died my arse and, but I did I died and lived at the very same time <laughs> in the very same gig with the very same jokes <laughs> so it's mad it's a, it's a minefield this is to figure out you know yeah I've, I've had that happen once or twice as well and you think especially I remember the, I think the first time I ever got two gigs in one night and you're delighted with yourself when you're starting off because you're yeah. like yeah you know you're, you're going places and you're getting a second gig in one night happy days it's all working out you, you know yeah. quitting your good job wasn't a stupid idea and you can go back to your missus and tell her it's <laughs> fine I got two gigs and the exact same thing happened I went from one club where it worked I went and I was like I'll just do the same again and then died yeah. 
a death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens. I think. I think. Assume when the gig is going to go well, which is what happens when you double up. Yeah, is the detriment to, to your comedy because what happens then is like you probably wouldn't have died in that second gig if you'd have taken out a face value. Whereas yeah. when you think when you think it's going to rip, and then some tiny little thing goes wrong, you start it starts playing on your mind while you're on the stage, and whenever anything else but the comedy is going through your head, the gig kind of suffers. And if it's a tough gig anyway, then that just equals you dying on your ass and. You know, yeah. thinking of ways how to how to justify it all to yourself. Yeah, there's some good ones, Chris. I have to say, there's some good bad gigs. There's some good bad gigs. Yeah, I mean, there's probably more. There might, they're just my favorite, my favorite thing in the world. I think uh, I love hearing deaths of comedians. You know, they're brilliant because we can kind of revel in them and we can kind of just have a good time, like you know, the, one and of the, share the pain. Yeah, the, one of the worst ones I had was in the international, and uh, I think it was one of the first proper nights I'd gotten at the international on a Friday or Saturday, and mm-hmm. there was a big crowd in there, and there was an American couple up the front not I wouldn't say elderly but let's say maybe 40s or 50s or whatever uh, and again uh, my excuse at the time was because I was trying out one or two new bits and you know you, yeah. sometimes I find you get a little bit nervous the first few times you try them out because they're not you know you haven't ingrained them yet you're not 100% comfortable with doing them and uh, I was just not getting any laughs for ages and I was, I was like oh I'll just you know chat to the crowd here for a minute and try and get them back on side and do quote unquote crowd work when your material yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't going <laughs> any way shape or form uh-huh. and uh, I was chatting to this American one and in a very nervously panicky kind of way not relaxed and you know they could tell there was no jokes coming and uh, she made the sign of a gun with her hand because I think I was bringing up something about America and guns whatever right you know stereotypical cliche jokes or something right oh my god and she just had the thing of a gun and I was like oh so what's the story I see you got a gun there and she was like I'm gonna fire it soon as I hear a joke honey and I was like God, so, oh uh, God! But that got the biggest laugh of the evening, you know, when the crowd laughs oh, at the heckler. Yeah, uh, and then you're like, yeah. oh, okay. I hate her now. I'm, I'm, I'm very. <laughs> God, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send her on uh, the details. We can, we can get her later. But um, moving on, yeah. I suppose from from bad gigs because I said you've got. Good weekend or great weekend at the Vodafone Comedy Festival recently. I know you're doing a more of a, a work in progress in Edinburgh that uh-huh. will be touring, I imagine, around Dublin before you go to Vicar Street next March. That would be my only Dublin date, really, next year with the tour, you know. I did a big bunch of dates last year on my tour in Blanchardstown and Whelan's and, you know, and the, the Knoll and the Dundrum. Yeah. So I'm just kind of, I'm just, this will be the biggest gig I've ever done. So it's in Vicar Street in March. Just went on sale as well yesterday. Oh, there we so, go. So, uh, fingers crossed. What's the show about? It's all about living in England, really, and adapting to life over yeah. here. And I'm having a bit of a run and battle about trying to dry my clothes outside on my clothes. Are. <laughs> and a woman says it's against the rules of the apartment. So I have a big, uh, kind of a, a big ordeal with her going on at the moment, which is escalating every day. So that's, <laughs> that's um, I'm just, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's a, it sounds really, um, but I'm I'm genuinely concerned for my for my safety. You know, that's how far things are getting with the clothes. Oh, cool. Are. So I mean, the, tic- the tickets have gone on sale. <laughs> Vicar Street but you mightn't even make yeah. it if things go too bad yeah I might not make it you never know you never know it could be coming one day and uh, you'll be hanging out in the clothesline and it'll be like whoa that's it that's it exactly so it's kind of you've caught me at a time where uh, I'm just after becoming a dad as well so like I genuinely didn't know my own age earlier when I was I was just kind of yeah. messing around so. yeah so asking you about yeah. the specifics of the show which is still developing yeah. is probably not yeah. the best question to end on yeah yeah you know I should know more <laughs> but I don't 
Well, I well, well um, I know it'll obviously all take take shape at the end of absolutely, absolutely. August anyway, and then you're going to be touring it around Vicar Street next March. I know tickets are on next sale. March, yeah. Ticketmaster, yeah. I imagine, is the place to absolutely. get Absolutely, Ticketmaster, yeah. And I'll be doing it in the Everyman and Cork. The, the Dublin date's the only one that's on sale at the moment, but there's a bunch of dates coming around the country as well. Deadly. Should be good. Deadly. Now, I saw you on your last show in Whelan's, I think, last year. And as I've mentioned, ah. and as other comedians, it might have been the year before, I can't remember. But anyway, one of the best written comedy shows I've seen in absolute years. So if you're listening oh, to this right now you, and you have not seen Chris Kent, go to see his gig in Vicar Street because he's one of the, the, the best Irish comedians performing at the moment. Hilarious show. I just can't recommend him enough. But Chris, I'll let you get back to being a dad oh, and sorting that out. And sorting out you're the. Very uh, kind. Oh no! Listen, well deserved. As everyone knows, it's it's been thirteen years of mastering your craft, sir, and it, it's always yeah, a phenomenal show. So, uh, no, you know, my arse on occasion as well, <laughs> <laughs> just to mix it up. You know what I mean? Just to mix it up, man. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah. uh, I know it's great. It's always great talking to you, man. Thanks uh, a million. No worries again. And listen, we'll get you on before uh, March anyway. Hopefully, I've had a few more bad ones, and we can uh, recount those. Oh ones yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I'll aim for that. I'll do do to, to, to burn up a couple of times. Do no schedule problem. a few in just so I can have something to talk about for fifteen <laughs> I will, minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll book a few gigs and <laughs> odd places. Yeah, a few more weird charity nights and just make sure that yeah, the exactly. setting's right. God, exactly. well, listen, Chris, uh, thanks a million for popping on this evening, all right? Thanks, Karma. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.